0: Episode 41, Student Pranks, 1980s and 90s. Although the title of this episode uses the word pranks, I'll be the first to acknowledge that some of the things I'm going to talk about cross the line into blatant vandalism. But... I'll leave it up to the listener to decide how to categorize these stories. I'm just going to tell what happened. I've already described the most infamous student prank in Marceline High School history. That was the attempted dunk by Butch Boswell during an MHS basketball game. You can find a detailed account of that incident in episode 8 of this podcast. That stunt involved Butch, the boy in the balcony with the camera, and whoever was in the getaway car. Like most school pranks, that one began with some type of group conspiracy. Usually, the group is a loose-knit alliance of friends, but sometimes it's more organized than that. Like the time the basketball cheerleaders played a trick at a game at Milan. It was customary back then for the cheerleaders to do a cheer in which each one introduced herself by name. Something along the lines of, Hi, my name is Angie. At this game, all the girls used fake names to introduce themselves. The crowd was so sparse that no one even noticed at the time, but someone ratted them out later. One of the more violent incidents in school history involved only one boy, and his name was Burris. He thought it would be funny to set off an M80 firecracker in the toilet of the high school boy's bathroom. I guess that Burris did not take physics because he drastically underestimated the power of an explosive when detonated underwater. The blast literally blew the toilet to pieces and made such a loud boom that the entire building was rattled. I think Burris was so dazed by the blast that he didn't even think about an escape plan. If he did, it didn't work, and he was quickly identified as the culprit. There are some groups of students that had a particular propensity for pranks. Such was the case during the 1980s. I don't remember the exact order of the following events, so I'll just provide a brief description of each one. The senior campout was held near the end of the school year. The first teachers to arrive at school one day found a number of tents set up in front of the high school. Some of these were still occupied by senior students shortly before the school day began. But the kids quickly removed the tents and joined the rest of the student body for class. It took a little longer to resolve National Condom Day I'm not sure if that was what the students called it, or if that was just the name that somebody else gave the day. The highlight of the event was homemade t-shirts outfitted with body slogans and, yes, condoms pinned to the shirts. I don't remember too many of the slogans on the shirts, but I did confiscate one that alluded to bareback riding. I think you can imagine some of the other things written on the shirts. Another incident was Toga Day. I think that senior prank took some time to bring under control, because a few of the senior boys thought it was within the dress code for them to wear a toga to class. Mr. Reese was able to convince them that the dress code for skirts pertained only to girls. At least that was what I was told was the way he got them to change. In terms of the scope of a student prank, none rivals the time some boys tried to close the school down by making it impossible to open any of the doors in the school. This was certainly a well-planned attack with a great deal of preparation. The students cut the heads off of finishing nails. Once they got inside the school, they used a hammer to drive the nails into the key slot of every door in school. They didn't stop there. They squirted glue into each of the key slots. They did this to every door in the school, including both outside doors and classroom doors. It must have taken them hours. The act was discovered at about six o'clock in the morning on a school day. The administrators, The maintenance director, Randy Jury, and I were alerted when the day custodian couldn't get into the building. After meeting at about daybreak and after calling the police, we decided to break a window to get into the building. When we discovered that the vandalism included every classroom door, we began taking the doors off their hinges. We propped open the outside doors to let the students enter. And school started on time that day. I remember spending much of that day trying to repair the locks. We took the hardware off the doors and tried to pull out the nails unsuccessfully at one point randy jury and i had several pots of water boiling in the home ec room thinking that we could melt the glue but we couldn't every lock in the building had to be replaced i think we counted close to 50 The cost was in the thousands of dollars. Although the culprits were never punished, I now know who they were. And though they can claim responsibility for one of the most expensive student pranks in school history, we at least have the satisfaction of knowing that not one minute of school time was lost that day.